Hello and welcome to Roll for Relaxation, the multiverse's most relaxing Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Let's settle in, relax, and roll for relaxation. Ah, 17. Should be a pretty good one. Last time on Roll for Relaxation, Dante and Australia made their way to the university city of Wiltshire. Dante came because of his employment as the lullaby bard. Estrella has come back home because she is searching for clues to her best friend's murder. Both have separately been sent down the path of exploring the disappearance of the heir apparent, Effie. Episode 2, Assaulting the Elderly. So, Estrella, when you went to sleep last night, did you let the cats into your room? (laughs) Um, (laughs) One followed me to my room, and it wouldn't leave. So I let it just lay in the corner. Eventually it jumped onto the windowsill and kind of fell asleep there. Yeah, Mm. there was a cat in the room, yeah. They just won't leave me alone for some reason. What does this cat look like? Uh, This cat has longer, uh, long hair, a mix of white and brown uh, stripes. It's a very beautiful cat with bright green eyes. And despite it being beautiful, it is so annoying and won't stop following me. <laughs> Does it have a fluffy tail? How it fluffy is the tail? It has a very fluffy tail. Extremely I'll fluffy. And it okay. keeps getting hair all over my nice clothes that were given to me by the tailor. And uh, I can't seem to get them off. And the white hairs especially tend to stick out. And that's just very annoying to me. You know what they say, cat hair is glitter for lonely people. (laughs) I've never heard that, but oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That fits Australia. Yes, I think potentially that might be why that cat keeps following me. It can sense my loneliness. (laughs) Good kitty. Good kitty. So the room that you went back to to sleep in, it's the barracks for the paladins Mm -hmm. that have since been disbanded. It's a fairly spartan room that has uh, three beds, one against each wall. Uh, it's pretty dark right now. Which which of the beds do you choose to fall asleep in? Estrella uh, sort of walks into the room and takes a look at all three beds. She walks up to the one where one of her fallen paladins used to sleep. Um, she knew him as Amir. And she sort of touches the bed and thinks back to old memories, and then walks over to the second bed where she knew Cassius had slept. Uh, She sort of kind of looks around the bed to see if there were any clues, and after it, it, it's just, there's nothing there. So she takes a second and sort of contains her anger, and then walks over to her old bed that she once knew. Mm -hmm. The room has been pretty much ransacked uh, for clues by the royal guard. But one thing that was left is that above his bed is an oil painting of Mm. the three of you. You see Amir with his confident and charming, almost cocky smile. And he has his arm around Cassius um, and his other arm around you. What's your facial expression in that painting? In that painting, I have a smile on my face, which doesn't happen often. Seeing it uh, brings a lot of feelings to Australia. How high up is this painting? Is it high enough to where she could grab it? Yeah, she could get on the bed and grab it. I'm thinking that Australia probably gets on the bed and grabs the painting and turns it around because she can't uh, bring herself to look at it any longer. Okay. Yeah, she turns it around and you no longer see uh, the three of you and Cassius in that photo was looking longingly at the two of you. And so, yeah, the pictures turn around and it's no longer haunting you. And I assume that you then just fall asleep? Uh, yeah, I do fall asleep, though um, it was very hard for me to um, eventually fall asleep. I had a lot of old memories kind of keeping me up. I was tossing and turning all night. In the morning, you're woken up. Unbeknownst to you, you're woken up by a little girl yelling. All you know is that you've woken up. And as you get up, you see that there is a note that has been slid underneath your door. I get up to grab the note, seeing how there are a lot of uh, people that I once knew here. I 
assume that it's probably someone that knows that I'm looking for information. So I grab the note. Okay. So there's now a note in your journal tab. In my journal tab. Yeah. So this is a note from Elfgard, and it goes, Astrea, last night you asked me about leads, and I said I didn't have any. In actuality, I have found a few suspicious goings-on. I didn't want to say them aloud in case of prying ears. Here are some of the things that may be of importance. Item 1. Marlowe, the master of coin, has large personal debts due to his excessive lifestyle. A sizable chunk of the treasury went missing the night of the attempted coup. Item 2. On that same night, most of Cassius's men fled the city, but some retreated to the library. There are no reports of them leaving the library. Item 3. When researching the paladins, I found no record of Amir's family before their arrival in the city. They also seem to have disappeared the night of the coup. Your friend and confidant, Elfgard, Earl of Wiltshire, and sexiest man alive. Uh, this note brings a smile to Australia's face. Uh, first of all, because this is some very good information. Second of all, because uh, Elfgard, he was always so overly confident and obnoxious. It kind of reminds her of her childhood a bit. <laughs> she folds up the note and places it in her pocket. Awesome. Um, are you, are you going to do anything now that you have that note? Um, I, I'm thinking that I probably want to head to the library at some point so that I can see if I can find any of Cassius's men. Oh, okay. Uh, so in the meantime, we'll go back over to Dante. Indeed. So little Matilda has just yelled out, Effie! And she's sitting bolt upright in bed, or? Yeah, and she's grasping the sheets, and she has sweat, uh, like a cold sweat on her forehead. Are her eyes open? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh... If, well, while she's still evidently in, entranced or in this nightmare or vision or whatever it may be, uh, I'm going to ask, Who is Effie? Matilda, who is Effie? Yeah, M- Matilda seems to be awake now, and uh, she's looking at you with big, watery eyes. She scoots over to you and puts her head uh, into the folds of your clothes. All right, well stroke her head gently and say it's okay it's it's okay whatever it was it it can't get you her handmaiden uh, comes over and says effie was her older brother he's been missing for about two years now i see uh if i had to venture a guess he disappeared around the time of the coup uh, that very night yes mm, that makes some amount of sense how is Matilda doing? Now that you're patting her head, she's doing a lot better. She, yeah, now seems, like, able to interact with you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get down on one knee. I'm going to look her in the eye. And I'm going to say, Matilda, do you miss your brother? She nods her head up and down. When was the last time you saw your brother, Matilda? Uh, She points to the handmaiden. I look to the handmaiden questioningly. Two years ago. Hmm. Very well, then. Has she said this before? Has she called his name before? Oh, yes. um, Quite often. It's the main thing that she yells. Hmm. This does make some sense. Very well, then. Thank you. Is uh, Is it light? Is it morning at this point? Uh, yeah, the, the sun is just rising. Uh, you can see through the open wall on one side of Matilda's room that the um, long shadow is being cast over the fields um, from both the uh, royal castle and the library casting long shadows. Okay. Uh, I turn back to Matilda and say, Would you like to try and get a little bit more rest, dear Matilda? Matilda, upon seeing the the shadow of the library creeping over the fields, suddenly has an idea, and she she points towards that shadow. 
Uh, do I recognize it as the shadow of the library? Uh, yes, you do. Okay. The library. Do you think there's a link between your brother and the library? She nods her head, yes. And she walks over to the wall and puts her head against the wall and holds her hand up. She puts one finger up, two finger up, three finger up, four finger up, five fingers up. And then she comes back from the wall and opens her eyes and starts looking around the room, mimicking, searching for something. Hmm. Dante looks perplexed. He's trying to puzzle this out. He looks to Matilda's handmaiden and asks, what did Effie do? What was he, or how old was Effie? Perhaps it's a better question. Effie was around 14 at the time. And did he spend time in the library? He didn't like the library, but occasionally go and play there. Hmm. I uh, motion towards Matilda. Do you have any idea what this is all about? Has she done this before? Oh, she's never done the pantomiming before, just the yelling in her sleep. Hmm. I look back to Matilda, and she... And, and is, is she doing anything different? She's still pretending to search? Uh, yeah. Very interesting. She pulls you over to a bit of loose paper, that where she can draw. She takes out some chalk, and she starts to, to draw an image of a stick figure who's counting against a bookshelf, and another stick figure who's hiding, and the one who's hiding has a little bow. Ah, of course. They used to play in the library. Hide and seek, perhaps, in the library. Is that right, Matilda? She nods her head up and down. They used to play hide and seek in the library. Perhaps it would be best if I paid this library a visit. Uh, would you like to come with us, Matilda? She shakes her head no. Very hard. Very well. You don't have to. That's, that's okay. You can stay here. No one's going to make you come, but I will go investigate. And then tonight I will come back to help you sleep soundly. Does that sound good? She nods her head up and down. You can pick the story tonight. How about that? She immediately runs to her books and starts going through them. I give a chuckle. And uh, with that, I'm going to take my leave of Matilda's chamber. Yeah, uh, outside of the room, you see just like this very audacious tapestry. And on it, you see uh, a battle raging. You see uh, the ins inscription on the tapestry. It's talking about the royal guard uh, defending off of an, a barbarian invasion. And... It's depicting a hero of the battle. He fights off 20 soldiers with just one double-handed greatsword. And then in the next panel, you see him shooting the opposing general with a heavy crossbow. The entire thing is titled Astor Palatino. Is this anything that I would have knowledge of, a story or legend that I might know about? Uh, you would know that palaces tend to put up tapestries of people who are from that location who have done great things for the kingdom. And so this is one of those soldiers. Right. So I just assume it's some kind of local victory being depicted. Mm -hmm. All right. I make note of it, but uh, I will carry on. How are you guys going to the library? I guess, are you guys both going straight there? Just walking there? Yeah, it occurs to me I haven't actually slept yet. <laughs> really. I may have dozed, but <laughs> I'm probably pretty tired. What time is it? If it's just sunrise. I might try and catch a couple hours of shut-eye. Uh, Dante does need his beauty sleep, after all. Uh, so <laughs> maybe he'll try and snag a few uh, before heading off to the library. He's naturally a night owl anyway, so staying up all night and sleeping into the morning is not all that foreign to him. So maybe maybe he'll take this opportunity uh, to get a couple of hours first. Okay. Yeah, so then as Dante uh, goes to Dreamland, we'll go back to Estrella. Is Estrella heading straight there, or is mm -hmm. she doing investigating elsewhere? He, mm, I'm thinking that she will probably head straight there. Um, uh, is the Messer of Coins still in the castle? Uh, he doesn't live in the castle, but you could, from your time here, you probably know where he does live. Mm, okay, then I probably won't go to his house or anything. 
My guess is I could probably find more about him from other people, seeing as how he is pretty underhanded, so he won't be telling me person to person, unless of course I beat him up, but that's not really... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'll probably head uh, towards the library, yeah. Yeah, so as you walk towards the library, you walk down the long hill to town. Along the way there, you walk past the university, which has been built up around the library because the the library is just a very ancient uh, structure. The university is also very old, so it has multiple types of architecture going on. You have whitewashed buildings, stone ones, brick ones. But they're, they're smaller and, and more scattered compared to the enormous structure that is the Bocastrion, the library in town. This library is kind of like a, a simplified Gothic uh, architecture, and it's about five stories tall in its main building, which is a, just extraordinarily wide and extraordinarily long. But it has these ivory spires that go up many more stories that just hold countless books. As you get to the gate of the library, there's a guard there. There's a, a city guard, which was never a thing when you were here. But one is guarding the library as you enter. Because it's very new to me, I assume that he's just there to make sure that no one's causing any trouble. So I go to walk right past him. Right on. And he just lets you in. And so you enter this building, and it has these enormous marble columns uh, that hold up the roof and the upper stories. They line the sides of the building on the inside. The upper stories are mostly closer to the wall, like they don't come across all the way. So you can see all the way to the roof Mm. from the bottom floor. It seems more like a very fancy cathedral than any modern library that you would know. The spirals contain very, very much like academic books where you get your more science books and medicine books in, in there. And then the main portion of the library contains pretty much every other type of modern book that you would want. You have um, an area that is in the basement that you've never gone into and is restricted by the library of who can go there because that is the oldest and most ancient books and scrolls. Hmm. So should I assume that if some of the men fled or retreated to the library, that they're probably going to become some sort of scholar or something and continue to work there? Or is there some sort of program to become bards there or something? Or that's the university, isn't it? But why mm-hmm. why would they retreat to... I guess I have to figure that out, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, figure out why they retreat. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Give me the answers. No. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Estrella walks into the library and is a bit overwhelmed. She doesn't know her way around this very well. She didn't spend too much time at the library, of course, um, other than you know needing to get a book or two for her studies or whichever. She knows that she is here to try and figure out where some of Cassius's men could have went to. Uh, she didn't really want to start beating up random uh, workers at the library, so she figured the best way to do it was to be incognito for a bit, and also to kind of um, be a little bit selfish. And is Would I be able to research paladins, like paladins in this... Will there be records of old paladins in this library? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there, there will, would be. And you see a uh, wooden help desk with a skinny old woman behind it. Okay, I'm thinking that she wants to uh, look up a little bit more about Amira's family. It's a bit interesting to her that there are no records of his family before. So uh, she decides to take a look herself and perhaps just to see if she can find any other information. So she walks up to the health desk and asks the skinny old woman if uh, <laughs> she could show her to the uh, records of soldiers and such. I don't know. She says, well, usually that's classified stuff, but I know who you are. I remember seeing you on in the parades. 
so sure come on come along and she uh takes you to an a part of the library that's behind a cage and leads you to the records and so you find a bit of information that actually roll an investigation check uh, 15 yeah you find a a, a record that's kind of like a background check for all incoming paladins and what what do you remember about Amir's family? He didn't really talk about them much. Um, I'm gonna say that he had both his parents, probably. Um, mm-hmm. And that I just knew them as a, my friend's parents sort of thing, you know, just regular cordial meetings and such. We didn't get extremely close or anything like that, but I definitely knew of them. I didn't know much about what they did and all that. Hmm. Yeah, the, the records say that his father was a cobbler and that his mother was a was a uh, seamstress. Mm-hmm. And that is all the information that mm-hmm. it has on them. It has the, the date that they showed up in town, which was around when you were five. And that's around the time that you befriended Amir. Roll a, a history check with advantage. Okay, 17. That's good. Yeah, so you remember that when Amir was really young, he was, like, very skinny, and his family were as well, and that his parents looked more weathered and scarred than um, anyone else's did when you had the rare chance to interact with them, Mm. uh, which wasn't often. They were pretty reclusive. Mm. So I'll probably remember that and think that I'm going to try and find a book that gives... Uh, some more history on um, the outside areas to see if there were potentially any wars going on or if there were any conflicts or anything that will give me some idea of where Amir's, or where Amir's family could have come from. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll use your previous investigation check to say that uh, yeah, you find that there were a lot of barbarian invasions around that time, but there wasn't a like, large-scale war with neighboring kingdoms. Okay. He could have been from a barbarian tribe, perhaps, but um, yeah, it's unlikely that he was like fleeing from a large-scale war or something like that. Okay. I also decide to look up uh, the history of Cassius, the background check for Cassius. Okay. Yeah. Roll another investigation check. Fourteen. Fourteen. So with Cassius, you find that he has a long family history in Wiltshire, and a strong association with both the Bocastrion and the University of Wiltshire. A lot of his family worked for either the library or the university, Mm. and he was kind of the odd one out by becoming a soldier and being influenced by you two. Mm. That's not very helpful, (laughs) but that does sound like Cassius. Okay, well, hmm. are there any... Are there any, is there anyone walking around perhaps that I could question, even though I'm in the restricted section? Yeah, you're not in the downstairs restricted Mm, section, but yeah, you exit the the caged off area and close the door. It automatically locks behind you. There are the people who work there. There's a guard that you saw on the out, guarding the outside of the library, but also a guard guarding the downstairs restricted area. There are librarians who are walking around as well as uh, patrons. Hmm. Okay, I'll probably walk up to, I think, maybe that older woman that I saw earlier. She seems to have been there the longest, because I want to ask her if she knows anything about any librarians or anyone coming to the library about two years ago. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, she says, oh, well, I remember two years ago yes do you are you referring specifically to the night of the attempted coup or just in general two years ago uh in in general uh about two years ago i uh was just curious about the history uh of the library and all its workers just really curious about history oh well you want the history of the Bocastrion. Well, I will uh, uh, regale you. So, 
as uh, well, how, back uh, as many more as history, <laughs> yes, maybe yes. more recent history, uh, maybe a list of your employees. I'm just very curious to see if one of my old friends still worked here. Oh, well, you know, the one who uh, runs the library is the dean of the university. Oh, yes. So uh, if you want the list of employees, you should talk to them. To Dean Lawson. That's right. Oh, we've we've met. Mm, thank you. Uh, I will try and find him then. If you could direct me to where his office is. Holy, sure thing. And she gives you directions to to go find him. Uh, he has his own ivory tower that's in the middle of the university that you can walk up to. And so you go straight there and knock on his door. I knock on his door, and I assume he opens the door? Uh, yes, um, he opens the door. Um, sorry, these are not office hours. Oh, well, hello there, Straya. Oh, <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, hello, I just wanted to come in and apologize for my previous... Um, introduction. I was a little bit rash. Um, I just wanted to congratulate you on being with my mother. That is a weird way to phrase it, but um, thank you Mm, very much. So happy for the both of you. Yes. So while I'm here, uh, you know, I was really curious uh, if one of my old childhood friends still worked in the library. could you perhaps give me a list of employees? Roll persuasion. Or deception, whatever you prefer. Mm, let's see. Let's do persuasion. Oh, 19. okay. <laughs> he goes, oh, well, um, uh, anything for future family? Uh, he, uh, let me find it. And he ruffles through some papers before handing it to you. He goes, um, why... Do you need this? Oh, just curious about old friends. You know, I just made my way back to the capital, you know. I wanted to meet up with, yeah, childhood things. Okay. Do you not remember their address? He says, handing it over. Oh, well, they could have moved in the past two years. I just heard that they had been working at the library, so... I figured I knew just the person that could help me out. You. Thank you. Hmm. Oh, well, okay. He gives you a little bow, and as he does, he's wearing uh, a necklace, and it falls out of his shirt, uh, revealing this large key. And he stands back up. Well, I'm glad I could help you, and I hope that we can hang out sometime in the future. You know, just get to know each other. Uh, Straya cringes. Uh, yes, uh, of course. Uh, I'll let you know. And I oh. slowly back out of the room. All right. <laughs> uh, you make your escape. Uh, you manage to retreat successfully. Perfect. No attack of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> he does not take an attack of opportunity. <laughs> How long is Dante sleeping for? Oh, we'll say... He oversleeps a bit. Uh, it's four hours before he wakes up again, and it's well into mid-morning by that time, I assume. Yeah, I assume that Australia is going to go, you know, eat lunch or something. Mm-hmm. So some time passes, and uh, Dante wakes up. You somehow manage to sleep through all the bright light of the day. Dante's used to it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, no stranger to staying up all night and sleeping through the morning. Nice. Uh, well, I'm going to... Get up and stretch. Look out the window and squint at the sunlight. I figure it's probably, what, 10 in the morning or something like that. If we have such reckoning of time here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a time, uh, what are those, sundials? Late morning, before (laughs) midday anyway. But uh, uh, And my stomach grumbles. And I'm reminded that I actually ate fairly light at the banquet last night, and I could use some uh, 
sustenance. But of course, first, I have to clean myself up. I have to be presentable for the nobility, of course. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to look around. Is there a watch basin or a mirror or anything like that where I could get cleaned up? Uh, Yeah, there is down the hall. There's a little bathroom type area that some of the help has brought buckets of clean water to. Dante's going to take this opportunity to uh, head down the hall, splash some water on his face. Uh, as he looks up in the mirror, he sees there's some some dark bags under his emerald green eyes and a little bit of stubble coming in around his otherwise well-trimmed goatee. But that's what life on the road will do to you and a uh, knight trying to help a, a young lady get through the night without nightmares. So he's just going to you know, clean up that a little bit. Slick back his his wavy golden hair, sure that he's looking presentable. Take an opportunity to spritz on a little bit of his uh, cologne that he always carries with him. And once he's cleaned up and ready to go, he's going to head down to visit Red, actually, before heading to the library. Okay, yeah. Oh, and on the way, Dante's going to suss out some, some breakfast, some victuals. Mm. Ooh, make a survival check. (laughs) (laughs) Survival in the castle. I like it. Uh, Survival check. Let's roll it. 14. Oh, you follow your nose wherever it goes. (laughs) It leads you to (laughs) the kitchen. Mm. Um, They have just made a, a pretty large batch of this very hearty, seedy, brown bread Mm. Um, and they have uh, salted butter there as well Uh, and strips of bacon oh it smells delicious gonna look around to see if there's anybody that looks like they're in charge yeah there's a sous chef and he he looks at you questioningly uh with a deep bow i say ah good day i am dante darrington bard of repute I'm here aiding the Lady Matilda, and I was hoping I could acquire some sustenance. I've got quite a hunger. Yeah, just, no, oh my gosh, you talk so much. <laughs> yeah, we're busy, we're busy. Just just take it, take it. Here, and he loads up a huge plate for you. He's like, just get out of my kitchen. Uh, my The look of annoyance on my face quickly fades to a look of uh, wonder at the massive stack of food in front of me. And uh, I take it to... The dining hall, I suppose, and I tuck in. All right. Uh, you have managed to feed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Survival successful. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, having done so, I'm going to go visit Red. So uh, when you get there and you, you knock on the door, uh, Red opens the door and he says, Well, hello, young man. Good to see you again. How did everything go last night? Well, it went very well, as a matter of fact. Uh, Matilda uh, went right to sleep and appeared to sleep soundly until the early morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the early morning, she sat bolt upright and she said one name, Effie. Mm -hmm. Well, and it makes sense. They were very close. Um, And we do miss Effie every day. I got the impression that they were very close. Do you know where Effie and Matilda were at the time of the coup? Well, I know that they were playing together, and that they weren't in the castle. Um, Hmm. That's all I need to know, I think. I have an idea. I understand that Effie has not been seen since that night, since the time of the coup. Has there been any effort made to locate him? Of course there has. We've looked high and low for him. But it's a sad fate. He was probably killed in the coup. We were expecting to get a ransom. Because that's what you do with young lords. That's precisely what I was wondering. If perhaps the traitors could have taken him, captured him, and... And attempted to ransom him, but no ransom note has been received? None at all. We wish we would have gotten one. But we haven't. If he's not dead, I don't know what 
they would be doing with him. Very perplexing. Well, I suspect that at least part of the Lady Matilda's trauma relates to the loss of her brother. But uh, I have some, some leads I might follow first. Thank you very much for your time, Lord Red. Uh, anytime. Come to see me. Uh, where are your leads leading you? Uh, my leads, my lord, are leading me to the library. The Bocastrion. The finest library that has ever libraried. Yes. <laughs> Dante chuckles. <laughs> Indeed, well, it has quite a reputation. Well, if you need a guide to it, I would suggest, you know, the dean. He, he runs the place. Uh, the dean who was at dinner last night, is that correct? Uh, yes. That's the very one. I shall seek him out. Thank you very much for your help. Oh, you are very welcome. Good day. Good day, my lord. All right. So with that information, that Effie mysteriously disappeared, no one seems to know where he went, and there was no ransom note received, I think it's time to head to the library. And now, um, as an, a quick aside here, you can edit this out if you want, could you mm -hmm. just run down the relation the family relationships again one more time so i make sure i know that i'm uh i have the family structure here correct totally uh yeah so you have red who's kind of the patriarch of the family in this literal patriarchal society yes and then you have his oldest son is dead and that's the father of effie and matilda and so then you have Elfgard, who is also red's son and their uncle Right. Okay. And we have not heard about the death of his eldest son, or we've 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 had it mentioned to us, but we don't know the situation under which he died. Or in which uh, died. Yeah, Astrea would know that um, he just died of a fever, like medieval <laughs> standard death. Sure. <laughs> standard standard illness. You know, these things happen. Certainly. Okay. So Elfgard is the the younger son of Red and the, the uncle to Matilda and to uh, Effie. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. That is all I needed to know. Okay. Uh, in which case, uh, I suppose Dante will head off to uh, the Bocastrian. Mm. On your way there, you come across the striking young woman that you were sitting across from last night at dinner, and you see her eating at a cafe having a late lunch uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> having uh, just finished breakfast i don't know that i'm especially hungry at this point in time however however uh being that she is a, a striking young woman and that it appears that she is uh you know involved with uh the nobility here and with the family i decide to saunter over and strike up a little bit of conversation. Is she all alone? Uh, yes, I am eating all alone. I prefer to have no company. Uh, not knowing or caring, Dante <laughs> uh, moseys up, and uh, with a, a flourish and a bow, he uh, takes off his, his hat, which he's been wearing since he left the castle. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a little feather in it. And he says... Uh, milady, I couldn't help but notice you from across the street. I recognize you from the banquet last night. My name is Dante Darrington. It's mm. a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I knew this would happen at some point. Uh, Astraea, I'm going to read my little thing. Astraea <laughs> <laughs> uh, knew that this would happen at some point. Uh, she wasn't looking forward to this encounter. Her first impression of Dante... Seeing his immaculate clothing gives her the impression that he most likely was a conceited noble. Not to mention the fact that he was painfully handsome. Similarly to Alfred, she sees how all the women have been looking at him as well, and think she's thinking this could get annoying. He seems to be obnoxious as well, thinking back, of course, to his performance during the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> although <Awkward. laughs> although at the dinner uh, she did catch a glimpse of his softer side 
The way he was with Matilda shows that there was more to Dante, and how he knew how to communicate with children. And that confused her a bit. How do you communicate with children? You could be of use to me, seeing as Matilda is um, obviously scarred from the coup. Overall, he's seems to be self-absorbed, and he may have gained some of her respect. Of course, Estrella hated that part. She looks up at Dante and sort of gives him a half nod. And is like, nice to meet you. My name's Estrella. Oh, Estrella. A lovely name. May I join you at your table? I prefer to eat alone. I'm just doing some research at the library. I, I better get back to that, honestly. Oh, the library. Very interesting. I was just headed there myself. What kind of research, may I ask? Oh, of course you're going to the library as well. Uh, I'm just looking up some history, looking for some old friends. Oh, are you from around here originally? Yes, actually, I grew up here. I became a paladin here as well. Uh, up until the coup, I just decided to get away for a bit. Travel. The coup? Hmm. Nasty business, that. You were here the night of the coup, that is. I was. I was in the thick of it. Well, then, perhaps you have some information that might be of use to me in my current endeavor. You see, I'm here to help the young lady Matilda. She, as you probably know, has a condition of sorts. She doesn't speak, and she has trouble sleeping. Mm. Did you know the young lady Matilda before, when she talked? She was always very shy. I didn't get a chance to talk to her very much. I may not be one of the three paladins for this family still, but I would do anything for them. And if it can help Matilda, I will let you have some of my knowledge, if it could help. At this point, despite being told that she prefers to dine alone, Dante is going to uh, <laughs> take the initiative and uh, pull up a chair and uh, sit down at the table across from Matilda because uh, he is, or, or pardon me, apart from uh, Estrella, across from Estrella, he has uh, realized that she could be a very valuable asset, a very valuable ally in his current quest. What does he see as he looks across the table at Estrella? As he looks across the table, he sees a uh, taller than normal woman, not extremely tall. Uh, she has medium-ish length brown hair that she keeps up in a sort of side braid and into a bun. She generally keeps her hair up at all times. She doesn't like to get it in the way of things. Um, in general, she is a, a beautiful woman, but you can't always tell behind all of the metal plate and all that, although right now she's wearing pretty normal clothes that a commoner would wear as she is at the library. So uh, she has, uh, let's say, hazel eyes. <laughs> and she does have a noticeable feature, though, which would be a large scar that runs um, from the uh, top of her left elbow, uh, left <laughs> elbow, that runs from the top of her left eyebrow and goes down uh, across her, miss, misses her eye, <laughs> and goes down onto her cheek a bit. Mm. I think that's about it. <laughs> Dante takes all this in and makes a note of the scar, wonders perhaps where that came from, but uh, decides it would not be appropriate to ask at this point, given that they have just met one another. So, Astrea was just saying that she she never got to know Matilda that well, I suppose. Uh, but Dante isn't done with his line of questioning just yet. Hmm. So, you did not know the Lady Matilda especially well. What of her brother... Effie. Oh, Effie. Um, Want to make a history check with yeah. the <laughs> right. I don't know too much about Effie. Let's see. Ooh, with an 18. <clears throat> yeah, so Effie was the 
heir apparent. He wasn't quite old enough to become the Earl. He lived a life of luxury and would occasionally sword fight with you guys. And Amir would have a lot of fun teaching him uh, sword play. And Cassius would teach him occasionally how to track and, and scout. Um, but, you know, you never liked kids very much. You know that Effie was very, despite being royal, was like very popular with all the commoner kids. And you being a commoner kid knew that people would often play uh, in the library. And because it's such a built up city, that that was kind of like the biggest um, space that you'd have um, besides running around the university or going outside to the fields outside the city. I didn't know Effie too much. Uh, oh, wait, no. I did know Effie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I knew Effie pretty well. Um, he liked to hang around us paladins a bit. Uh, I suppose he sort of looked up to Amir and Cassius a bit. They did like to teach him some things. He enjoyed playing in the library with a lot of his friends. He was good at... I mean, I don't know much about kids, but I think he was a good kid. Definitely was going, well, would have been a wonderful Earl. Hmm. Yes, I was talking to Red, and he said it was very strange how there had been no ransom notes, nothing, no demands uh, to for the safe return of Effie. It seems he just vanished into thin air. That's hmm. strange, don't you think? It is very strange, but I have faith. I have faith that Effie's alive, and I will find him. Oh, will you now? Well, that's very interesting, you see, because I think a great deal of the Lady Matilda's struggle stems from the loss of her brother, and so it would seem that our goals are somewhat aligned. I, too, would like to find out more about the fate of Effie. Perhaps we can help one another. Hmm. Perhaps we can. Well, <laughs> then <laughs> let's go ah. back to the library, maybe. <laughs> oh, excellent idea. Uh, lady, I've already forgotten your name. I'm so, so sorry. Astrea. Astrea. Yes, of course. Uh, perhaps you can show me in the library where it was that the young ones used to like to play. No problem. I'll escort you towards the library then. Oh, wonderful. And I feel so much safer with you by my side. You look very skilled with that weapon. Uh, you're insufferable. <laughs> Dante <laughs> looks mildly affronted by her bluntness, but uh, keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> uh, Australia finishes up her lunch and you know finishes anything up with the staff and whichever and heads toward the library with Dante. Okay. Yeah, you guys uh, make your way back to the library and with what Dante had just said uh, still in the back of your mind, you remember how it was a game to try to sneak into the restricted area because of how creepy <laughs> and old it was. Uh, yeah, so that's the memory that comes back to your mind. Hmm. Astraea walks towards the area where she used to play in the library and says here this is where the children used to play where i used to play back in back of the day we used to try and sneak into the restricted section although now that i think about it i mean we, we may need to do that now mm, very interesting uh, I've heard of the restricted section of this library before. It's somewhat renowned among scholars. There's mm. a lot of knowledge in there, some of it quite dangerous, as a matter of fact. Mm. Did anyone ever succeed at getting into the restricted section? I think some of the children had made it into there, but I don't think they did much. Maybe just played a few games of hide-and-seek. Mm. Dante strokes his finely groomed goatee. See stares at the elaborate gates to the restricted section. And then he turns to Astrea. I noticed that you were talking to who I believe 
is the dean of the university. Dean, uh, uh, what's his name again? Oh, Lawson. Yes, Dean Lawson. I think I saw you speaking to him at the banquet last night. Is that right? Mm. Yes, uh, Lawson is my, dating my mother. Uh, I know him. I just spoke to him, actually. Oh, excellent. That's perfect. A personal connection couldn't be better. Perhaps we can speak to the Dean Lawson, and uh, maybe he can provide us access to the restricted section. Do you think that would be possible? We can try. He's kind of easy to fool, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I know where his uh, chamber is. Perfect. Would you be so kind as to take me there, my lady? Of course. Oh, you are too kind. (laughs) Astrea and Dante, I suppose uh, Astrea shows Dante the way. Both of you guys make a perception check. Mm? (laughs) Four. (laughs) Look at that. Wow. Uh, That's a 20. Astrea don't see shit. (laughs) Um. I'm not very perceptive. (laughs) Fortunately, Dante is. Uh, Dante notices that the cat that has been following Estrella around um, and was even here a second ago has now suspiciously disappeared. Hmm. Yeah, and that's all you notice. I'm going to bring that up with Estrella because, uh, first of all, it's a little strange that this cat has been following us. It's also strange that it just disappeared. Uh, Lady Estrella, did I see correctly, you have a, a cat that follows you occasionally? Uh, yeah, that's not my cat. Uh, it uh, it well, seems to have adopted you. I think it might be your cat now. Uh, it will not leave me alone. Uh, surprisingly, it has just now. Maybe it just found someone better to annoy. Uh, strangely enough, it does appear to have departed. Well, mm. perhaps we'll see it again. Mm. I hope not. <laughs> Dante loves cats and finds that pretty callous, but <laughs> but says nothing. I'll say that Estrella secretly likes cats, but doesn't want anyone to know because that might hurt her demeanor or how others see her. I turn to Estrella. Oh, cats are lovely animals, don't you think? Uh, so kind yeah. and, and friendly and, and, and cuddly, but uh, they can get mean when they need to be. Mm. Uh, I don't... Mm. Uh, cats. Mm. <laughs> Dante leaves Astraea off that line. stays silent. <laughs> Seeing that Estrella uh, maybe does not share his love of cats, at least not openly, uh, Dante leaves that line of questioning. Well, uh, be that as it may, perhaps we'd best get on to meeting with the dean, seeing about getting access to this restricted area. I have a funny feeling that Perhaps the answers to Effie's disappearance may lie within. I agree with you there. And along the way, Dante is going to explain to Estrella his uh, exchange, such as it was, with Matilda in her bedchamber, and how she uh, you know, called out Effie's name, and then when questioned about him, she sort of acted out this scene of, of playing a game and, and drew out the library. Um, mm-hmm. and that uh, Dante's heard from, from multiple sources now that the, the young ones like to play in the library. So, uh, And he shares with Estrella his suspicion that perhaps, perhaps something could have happened uh, amidst all the chaos of the coup uh, that led to Effie somehow gaining access to the restricted section uh, and perhaps something befell him there. Hmm, this is really interesting news. Now I want to get into the restricted section even more. I know that they always played hide-and-seek in the library, so that may be what she was mentioning, maybe childhood memories, but if she was also screaming his name at night, there might be something she knows. There, Perhaps there is, and it's unfortunate that she's unable to articulate it with speech, but... Uh, and I didn't want to perturb the poor girl by questioning her any further when she was clearly distraught. But perhaps, bit by bit, I'll be able to get some more information from her. Mm. 
Very good. I'll have you keep trying then. But of course. All right. I guess we're carrying on to uh, (laughs) (laughs) the Dean's chamber. Yeah. uh, And you guys uh, make it there unaccosted. So I take it you knock on the the door again. And he opens up the door going, "Um, this is not office hours. Oh, hello. Um, Oh, you brought a friend. Um, Are you introducing me to your boyfriend? Uh, no. Uh, I, I take Lawson. take this opportunity to, with a flourish as ever, uh, remove my hat, bow low. Uh, Dean Lawson, it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I am Dante Darrington, bard extraordinaire. Oh, well, I saw your performance uh, <laughs> last night, so... Um, ah, yes. Yeah. You know, the more I think about it, the more genius it is. Because think of this, right? If you have a random selection of notes, the human mind will interpret a harmony and a rhythm within it. But what was amazing about your performance is that every single note (laughs) seemed wrong. (laughs) Ah, Dean Lawson, I should expect one of your intellects to be able to perceive the greater meaning of my works. You see, no one else thus far has been able to grasp the brilliance of what I put together last night at the banquet. But you, you saw the symbolism behind it. Trust an academic to understand. Mm. Yes, yes. We are of a higher artistic mind than the rest of them. Uh, Certainly, and perhaps you more than even most academics, Dean Lawson. Yeah, you're both something. It's uh, clear... It's very easy to see why it is you are the dean of such a reputable and renowned institution. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Well, I've got paperwork to do, but I always love to entertain my uh, future daughter and her uh, significant other. Um, So uh, come on and I'll make you some tea. Here, have a seat. And he pulls out two seats for you guys. No, Lawson. Dante smirks, but makes no... (laughs) No effort to correct <laughs> Dean Lawson. <laughs> uh, this is not my significant other. Jesus in air quotes. This is a bard that I brought with me because we are going to ask something of you. Oh, and he eyes you very suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> the smirk stays firmly affixed upon Dante's face. The rage is emanating. <laughs> But she uh, uh, pushes it aside, knowing that there's nothing she can do to change Lawson's mind on that. Um, what is it that uh, you need from me? More um, employment uh, paperwork? Uh, no, thank you very much for that. Um, I was curious, uh, perhaps uh, Sir Dante and I could uh, look into the restricted section. Uh, there's some information we believe would be very crucial to us his face goes stone and very serious what do you need from there well you see uh we're doing some investigating and we were wondering if we could find some leads on the disappearance of effie hmm. dante once again looks a little bit surprised by the lady history as bluntness but <laughs> uh and straightforwardness he perhaps would have tried a different approach, but uh, <laughs> but he uh, he nods in agreement. The dean puts down the coffee pot he's making and walks over to the door and locks it, and then uh, comes back to his desk. And what leads do you have currently on the disappearance of the young lord? Well, Dean Lawson. It's my understanding that it has been in past and may still be common for the youth of this town to play games in your library, hide and seek amongst the stacks of books and whatnot. After having uh, interacted some with the Lady Matilda, I believe that it's possible that young Effie was lost during the chaos of the coup somewhere in this library, perhaps in the restricted section. Um, I will tell you, no, you cannot go in there. I'm sorry. 
Oh, but surely Dean Lawson, a man of your learning and understanding, realizes just how important this endeavor is. How the true heir to the throne of Wiltshire uh, must be located at all costs. And how strange it seems that he evidently went missing here in your library. Hmm. That's interesting. He, he gets up and he walks to the windows and he shuts the blinds and ties them shut. <laughs> that is very interesting. Um, so you guys are pretty set on this path of going into the restricted section to find out what happened to Effie. It's the best lead we have, Dean Lawson. Hmm. Okay. Well, one second. And he roots through his desk, and he pulls out a scroll, and he unfolds it. He starts reading from it. Make an arcana check, uh, Dante. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Twelve. All right. You, from the stories your nanny told you, know that he's performing magic, but of what type you don't know. Um, you can kind of tell because of the rhythm that he's getting near the end of the spell. You have one action. Dante attempts to snatch the scroll from the Dean. Yeah, make a dexterity check. 22. Um, he can't even get a 22. Yeah, you snatch this scroll out of his hand, and he wasn't expecting it. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't rip or anything. It just comes straight out of his hand. And everyone, roll initiative. Oh boy. <laughs> Things are about to get spicy. I rolled an eight. Okay. An eight <laughs> and a four. Okay. <laughs> All right. Darn it. <laughs> you guys see, and then he sends this blast of ice right at you. And that is where we'll end our session tonight. Oh my gosh. Aww. Things were about to get things were about to get spicy. Spicy. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. <laughs> My goodness. I was about to berate him about how rude it is to cast magic without uh, <laughs> warning your guests. But No spells in the capital. Things are, things are escalating quickly. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. I wow. do apologize in advance, uh, Lady Estrella, for any strife this may cause with your family situation. <laughs> oh, this... Whew. My mother, was, she's going to hear it. <laughs> Nick, have you ever watched a Critical Role? Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, did so? Did you uh, see the character Tarring, uh, Terry and Darrington? I don't. The name's not ringing a bell. Oh, okay. Because it, it, yeah, I'm not a big Critical Role junkie or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, it, it's all good. It's just I thought it was funny that uh, the similarities. Oh my gosh! There's already a Darrington. <laughs> I've stolen. I've stolen this name. How is this possible? And he's blonde with a goatee. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, straight up, I have never heard of this character before. That's so funny. Huh? That's slightly awkward, but you know, I can see he's got a charming grin down below. Wow, yeah, this is like the spitting image. Except I wouldn't be wearing all this heavy plate. But oh wow, yeah. <laughs> that is actually hilarious. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah, it's a funny coincidence. That is a very funny coincidence. Especially because you were, you were bringing up some surnames in the last uh, yeah. session there. And I was just like, Darrington. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, that was... Yeah. That was uh, and the plot thickens. The thick plottens, as they say. The thick plottens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I was a little bit unsure how wise it was to divulge the true <laughs> nature of our interest with uh, Dean Lawson here. but Yeah, I figured Estrella was very upfront. She's well. pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah, and it moves the plot forward. Yeah. It did. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any more friends that I could pretend to know, so... <laughs> yeah, I have a friend in the restricted section. My that cat one. is lost in there. Uh, Perfect. No, that would have been so good. Actually, it would have been. Perfect. Yeah, trying to find my cat. I was going to give some... You know, mumbo jumbo response about oh, uh, books of great bardic power, and I need, you know, <laughs> that I heard about during my my education that I seek down there to 
further mm-hmm. my studies yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is just how, like, rare magic is in this world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that he's doing it is mind-blowing. Right. Oh, okay. Um, because, like, magic is mostly just, like, folktales kind of mm-hmm. thing. Huh. So the fact that he's just straight up, like, I got to do whatever he's doing. He's got to do it. <laughs> It suggests the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well then, and also the fact that he just blasted us with ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right. I am uh, pretty keen to see where this goes next. Mm-hmm. It's getting good. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to check out our Patreon if you want access to our episode discussions, character creation, and in the future we'll be posting one shots and side campaigns there. That's patreon.com slash roll for relaxation. If you want to contact us, send an email to rollforrelaxation at gmail.com. Shout out to Melinda of Miracle Forest who did the soundscaping for this episode. And shout out to you for listening to it. Thanks, and I'll see you in the next one.